the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God calls his church to stand against the cycle. Stand against the world's self-centeredness and easy solutions and immorality, amorality and materialism. And unfortunately and very sadly in America, so many churches are more influenced by this world than an influence in this world today. That's Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and he's talking about those of us who are followers of Christ being salt and light in this world. I like the way that Oswald Chambers puts it, our job as workers for God is to open people's eyes so that they may turn themselves from darkness to light. That's just the beginning of the process, isn't it? Welcome to the broadcast. So glad you've joined us today. Pastor Layton is wrapping up this message as we begin this week. You know, when I was in the Middle East a few years back, women there were considered property. There, one of our musicians studied law and found out that in our nation up until this century, there were certain pieces of property that women could not own. Benevolence and charity, the Good Samaritan ethic, Higher standards of justice, not rex lex, which is the king is law, but lex rex, the law is king, and that being a reference to God's law. Before Christ and Christianity, before the influence of the church, tyrants would run their nations. They would destroy their subjects at a whim. Fathers had absolute sovereignty over their wives and their children. At a whim, they could have the wife or child killed. In fact, we have a phrase that we use when it comes to child. We call it raising up a child. And we have a certain concept in our mind. But what that meant back in Rome was that when a child was born, a father would look at it and make a decision whether or not the child was going to live. If the father chose the child to live, he would raise it up. He would pick it up. He would lift it up. If the father chose a child to not live, they would walk away and they would leave it in a place to die of exposure. Civilizing of many barbarian and primitive cultures. I'll tell you about one example in a moment. The codifying, writing of many of the world's languages. You know the Cyrillic alphabet was created by believers who were trying to create a written uh, medium of communication of the gospel. That's the alphabet you often find on airflot airplanes in the Soviet Union. Greater development in, in music and art. Countless changed lives transformed from liabilities into assets for society. And I stand before you convinced that I'm, in one, I'm one of them. Because I'm personally convinced that if it was not for the work of God in my life, I would be in prison today. I wouldn't be an asset to society. I'd be a liability. The eternal salvation of countless souls. The sanctity of human life. The value of human life. You know, this is contrast dramatically with evolution. You see, in evolution, the concept is man is just simply an extension of the animals. And, and he's just a link into something else. And there's really no distinctive value, but differentiation between a man and a, and, and, a, and a whale. One of the bumper stickers I saw was, uh, be a hero, save a whale. 
save a baby, go to jail. Makes perfect sense. If there's no distinction between a human and an animal. Jesus made statements like, are you not much more valuable than these? Referring to sparrows. He made a distinction between the animals and the humans. You see, the Bible tells us that man was created in God's image. It doesn't say that about any of the other animals. There's a distinctiveness about human. James C. Heffley writes this, During World War II, on a remote island in the Pacific, an American GI met a national who could speak English, and he was carrying a Bible. The soldier pointed to the Bible and grinned knowingly, We educated people don't put much faith in that book anymore. He said, The islander grinned back, Well, it's a good thing for you that we do. Otherwise, you'd be dinner by now. Cannibalism. No value to human life. 1844, H.L. Hastings visited the Fiji Islands. He found that you could buy a human being for $7. About the cost of a musket. Less than the cost of a cow. After buying him, you could work him, whip him, starve him, or eat him. Whatever you wanted to do. He returned a number of years later and he found that the value of human life had changed. You see, you couldn't buy a human for $7 anymore. In fact, you couldn't buy a human being for $7 million anymore because there were 1,200 Christian chapels spread across the land that were proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ that humans are worth so much in the sight of God that He redeems their soul at at the expense of His own Son. You see, you remove Jesus Christ or Christianity from the history of the world and quite likely you would not be sitting here today. If salt has become tasteless, how will it be made salty again? It's good for nothing anymore except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You know, much of the salt in Palestine is, is contaminated. And when it's discovered, it's thrown out. Now, they won't throw it into a garden because it will kill the ability of the soil to bring forth plants. They will throw it into the road where people passing by can bury the salt into the road. In fact, it kills the weeds in the road, keeps the road open. So, in a sense, salt never changes from being salt, but its value as salt can be changed. A number of years back, I was with my adopted uncle from, from uh, England. His name was Fred Coleman. He's now gone on to the Lord. And he used to tell me some stories, and those stories have stuck with me. He's influenced my life. One of the stories that he told me was that a certain dinner, Prime Minister Winston Churchill was there, and there was a particularly obnoxious lady in the evening. And finally, in the course of the events, Winston Churchill had had quite enough of this obnoxious lady. And he leaned across in the full view and hearing of the guests at the table and said, uh, Madam, may I interest you in being unfaithful to your husband for a million pounds sterling? I'm not sure about the number. The lady said, Why, uh, Mr. Churchill, of course. Mr. Churchill said in the same voice, Madam, may I interest you in being unfaithful to your husband for a single pound sterling? The lady said, Mr. Churchill, what kind of woman do you think I am? Mr. Churchill responded, Madam, 
That's already been determined. We're simply negotiating the price. And how many believers have sold their character and their testimony for trifle or a few worldly pleasures and they can't buy it back at any price? Now, Jesus says this in John chapter 10, verse 27. He says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give eternal life to them, and they shall never perish, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. You see, Jesus isn't referring to the loss of salvation here. He says, No one can snatch you out of my hand. But we can you lose our value and our effectiveness in the kingdom. We cannot be an influence for purity if we've compromised our own. We cannot sting the world's conscience if we go against our own. We cannot stimulate thirst if we've lost our own. We can't be used of God to retard corruption if we allow corruption into our own. Light, too, is also in danger of becoming useless. You see, a hidden lamp is still a lamp. But it's a useless light. That's why people don't light a lamp and, and put it under a peck measure, but on a lampstand, it gives light to all who are in the house. Now, whether we hide our lamp, our, our light, because of, we have a fear of offending someone or being politically incorrect or being indifferent or loveless or whatever, it doesn't make any difference. By hiding the light, we demonstrate unfaithfulness to the Lord. It continues, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Now, you might want to circle that word let. And note that it doesn't say make your light shine. It doesn't say make your light shine. You see, God makes the light. We let it shine. We choose to let it or not let it shine. Let your light shine. When Jesus speaks to the Father here, He's using a term that, that underscores God's tenderness and His inter, uh, intimacy, His ability to be approached and related to. And, and He speaks about Him being in heaven. He emphasizes His majesty and His holiness. And when we reveal God to others, we need to make sure that we communicate both aspects of relationship to Him. That He is both approachable and we can enjoy a personal relationship with Him, as well as the fact that He is great and greatly to be served and worshipped. Why, why do we let our light shine? Is it, is it to bring attention to ourselves? Glory to ourselves? No. That others might see your good works and glorify the Lord. You know, I've had people come up to me in, in, in the midst of depression... And, and, and they're overwhelmed by the pressures that, uh, that life is, is forming upon them. They're surrounded by depression, last, lock, lack of equilibrium, lack of direction, lack of purpose. And, and they say, Pastor, what's, what's the meaning of it all? What's the purpose of life? What's the purpose of living? I'm going to give you the answer to that. So that you can be prepared to give others the answer. Because each one of us at some time in our life is going to come across somebody who's at the very edge. And it's found right here. The purpose for life, the purpose for living, 
The purpose for which we were created is to glorify God. If we're pursuing any other pursuit, we're not fulfilling the purpose for which we were created because we were created to glorify God. What a great reminder. As we start a new week, start a new month, there are a lot of things that you have to do in your life. We all have to do in our lives. But chief amongst them is to share our faith with others, to open their eyes, to bring that light into their life, whether it's our family members or someone we work with, whoever it might be. If you'd like to listen to the first two installments of this message, you can find them on our website at studyversebyverse.com. You can also join with us as a partner. You can give safely when you go to that website. Again, studyversebyverse.com. Our teacher is Pastor Leighton Sheely. I'm Mike Trout. This is a daily visit from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, an outreach from the congregation. And if you'd like to know more about the church, you'll find them on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. I hope you have a great rest of your day and can join us uh, next time when Pastor Layton will begin a new message about the importance of music in our praise and worship as we study verse by verse.